Dun, 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 Hello, dun, dun, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm just a simple, unfrozen podcaster. I'm David. <laughs> Brought to you by Happy Fun Ball. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, this, this episode is the 11th episode of Season 3 of Rescue Bots. Did you see what I thaw? Uh, That's a long title. Yes, but you see there's a pun in it about... Uh, <laughs> I know, but I think it's the longest title we've had of Rescue Bots yet. Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I'm gonna... I'm now checking this out. Now you have to just pull it up on the <laughs> wiki and see how long. Just scan down the, the lines of the list of episode titles and see if that one sticks up most. I mean, they're often puns, but this is like the most word-dense one I think we've Maybe had. Maybe In Search of the Griffin's Nest? The Haunting of Griffin Rock? I guess. I mean, it, it does not typically have the long titles. And then later on the season, we're going to have I've Heard the Robots Singing. <laughs> oh, oh, that episode. It's a musical episode. <gasps> yes. Ooh. Always. Wow, but this, uh, this first aired February 28th, 2015, uh, written by Transformers and animation veteran, the, uh, the late Dean Stefan. Aww. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously seen around these parts, uh, writing Odd Bot Out. Uh, that's the one hey. where, uh, Bumblebee drops by and Blades is jealous. And also there's a liquefier or something that's gonna sink the island. Oh, oh yeah. Like that one. So this this writer just apparently is specifically just ships blades and B. This is possible, or at least like a one sided ship. Yes. I uh, also wrote one of my favorite episodes of Animated, uh, the one with the Society of Ultimate Villainy. Ooh, Ooh wow. I caught that one on Pluto not that long ago. Uh, some great. F- speaking of late, the great, the late great Fred Willard in that one. Yes. Very, very good casting. So yeah, we are, uh, so we open up, we are on Wayward Island, the, uh, the island where there are, you know, it's just kind of like old, you know, it's a bunch of forests and like pirate ships and. Okay. It, it's the, the island that's not covered in decaying robots and rogue eyes. That is correct. Also, One of the many little side islands to Griffin Island. Cage declares that he's been there a million times, and I want to yes. know what he's been doing there. Like, well, they've been there like at least in, like three other episodes. They've been there, you know. Maybe it's like a lad pioneer thing. Maybe, maybe he just, I don't know, goes and hangs out there because it makes him feel like he's very big and tough. Yeah, but Optimus Prime has detected a faint energizing signal on this episode, and so you know they're looking for it and. Blades is really excited because if they find some energy on, then Bumblebee is going to come and visit them so he can pick it up. He's so excited! He's so because, gay for Bumblebee. It's yeah. great. I love it. It's adorable. It's, so yeah, they uh, they follow it in into into the the farging ice holes of Wayward Island. Yeah, <laughs> they, they have to make a descent into the ice caves, and I was expecting like cannibalistic. Humanoid cave dwellers or something? <laughs> no, not in Rescue Bot. That, I mean, that's that's clearly an urban thing. Yes. Ooh. I mean, the, the, well, they had to evolve from somewhere. I mean, I think they just evolved from hobos that they dealt with toxic waste. <laughs> chuds that evolved from men. A planet where chuds evolved from men. <laughs> uh, this all anyway. seems a little problematic. 
Well, anyway, it, but, well, it yeah. turns out that uh, apparently somebody has been here. Cavemen, because they're <gasps> cave paintings. Yes. Hmm. So you would hope that this would be followed by archaeologists showing up. Uh, but no, instead we're just going to keep going, and we find something even more archaeologically significant, in which a, a caveman, perfectly frozen in ice, with a chunk of Energon... Uh, around his neck, which kind of makes him Ulysses Bloodstone. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got a, a very cool caveman necklace that's got, like, the big teeth on it, and then a nice little blue Energon crystal. It's, it's very and, new and age. Cause a jump scare is it blades? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, but he's glad the caveman's in there, and we're out here, and that he's the sheriff, and that... Wait... <laughs> Nobody remembers that meme? No. No. Well, it was a video. Was it a YouTube poop or something? Oh, I have no it idea. Old, it was an old Scooby-Doo gag oh. thing that somebody edited. Oh. It was very bizarre. <laughs> See, they uh, they haul this chunk all the way back to Raven Rock, uh, take it to Doc Green, who finds that, shockingly, not only is this caveman perfectly preserved, but he is alive. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Well, if you find a caveman, the caveman is always going to be perfectly preserved. Yeah, I mean, this wouldn't be much of an episode of just, oh yeah, we found a dead caveman. I mean, mummified. Yeah, although, although occasionally you find a cave woman buried in with like a dire wolf or something, but it turns out she's like a vampire and she rides a giant mammoth and tries to destroy a town. No, this wasn't mm-hmm. written by Donald Glut. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, oh, that is a real Donald Glut sound. Oh, wow. He must have been a fan of, uh, what was it called? The Wolf Woman? Probably. Oh, I, I, I thought, it's a whole uh, short story. Okay, I thought you were gonna, I thought you were talking about Encino Man. <laughs> we're gonna get there to Encino Man. Uh, we will wheeze the juice as time comes. So it, it does do the, uh, thing that always bugs me a little bit uh, is that they they realize he's alive when they see his fingers and his toes start to twitch. Except he's encased in yeah, ice. The, you can't Yeah, that always move. They, they always treat it as, as like it's like a plastic prison. Like like he's mint in box. But no, yes. he's stuck in ice. He should not be able to move at all. Doc Unless Green's part good. of him well actually no, there was one where like the hand comes out, but I think there was like a frozen yeti or something other than mm. like the thing or what the, the uh, original thing. Well, he's actually stuck in that packaging they used in Generation Two, so Doc Green is going to have to invent a machine to get him out of there. No, that's the only that's the only way to get anything out of that package without stabbing oh. yourself on shards of plastic. Yeah. Oh god, there was a weird era of packaging, which actually you still get. Like, have you ever bought like a box cutter? In one of those plastic things, and the only way to get the box cutter out is with a box cutter. <laughs> Space devil packaging. Yeah, the oh, that that reminds me. I was it, was it my first flip phone or something? Like I bought it, and and like as they were setting it up at the store for me because it was my first phone. Like the person helping, like they sliced their finger mm. open on the plastic package oh, to take it out. There was blood. It was like. I, I still I had blood on the receipt. <laughs> it's very handy in case you need to uh, create a clone of that particular retail worker. Is it, is it possible you were buying uh, a phone from Emo Phillips? I, don't, I was going to say, is no? it possible you were buying that phone as a contract from the devil? <laughs> possibly, or uh, possibly the amazing Jonathan. 
<laughs> I guess the devil would look like a cute girl. Oh. Who is a like goth looking? Well, kind maybe of, you. If I'm remembering correctly. Okay, so so not emo Phillips then. Although I have seen emo no, girls who emo. definitely had emo Phillips's haircut. <laughs> yes. Was it short hair? Oh, it, it was like twenty years ago. Packaging. <laughs> that packaging was so bad. Yeah. Anywho. Anyway, caveman. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out that he has stayed alive via a combination of the freezing and also the energon around his neck, because as we all know, energon is magic and can basically do anything. Yes. So, energon extends human life? This is, I think, new? Sure. I mean, we've never tried it before. This sounds like I, something you that you definitely don't want, like, mech finding out about, or potentially yeah. the U.S. government. It's very uh, weird, but it's like, I was trying to think, it's like, wait, this should have happened at some point in some, especially in G1, like somebody getting energized trying to try and extend their life Yeah, I cannot but think, I can't of think of any it. human energon consumption or interactions. No, in I, I, I'm really, it was, Kicker had like the energon sense, I think. Yeah. In energon. Yeah, that wasn't G1. I think that was it. Yeah. No, not G1. But uh, I mean, you know, you know, Energon is everything. You know, it's their blood, it's their money, uh, it's their it's their food, it's a floor wax, it's a dessert topping. <laughs> no, but that's like a great. I mean, we've had people turned into cyborgs before to extend well, their life true. or whatever the fuck. I think- but like the the idea of like a human figure out, oh, if we have Energon, I extend my life. So base a human vampire. Sucking Energon out of robots. That would be a fun, creepy episode. Well, well, maybe we'll see something going on with uh, Dr. Mandroid or whatever in Ooh. the uh, Yeah, in the, I, in well, the I, think he's, I think he's back to the old Archiville. It's like, I'm just upgrading my body piece by piece. Thing. Archiville archetype. <laughs> Archiville didn't, like, set out to become a cyborg. He just got... Well, he was already a cyborg when we met him, though. He had he already had, like, the robot hand. I guess he... And he did yeah. have that thing and on like, his head. Like a metal yarmulke. That weird metal skull cap. Possibly just a colander. He was... He was a fun character. Hmm. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, they uh, they use a macro wave to unthaw this... Uh, oh, God, the techno babble. I love how Oof. Graham is just thick. like, oh, yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> Actually, Cade is the one who's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, like, he just heard microwave and... But Graham absolutely it. is very familiar with what whatever nonsense Doc Green has just cooked up. Alternately, he's extremely good at pretending he knows this stuff. <laughs> so yeah, so immediately, you know, they, they unfreeze him and surprise, surprise, uh, his, your modern world confuses and frightens him. <laughs> it's like letting a feral cat loose in your room. Yes, until... Like I speak from experience. <laughs> that is, until the, the bots show up and then he acts like like uh, like when a cat meets a person who really likes who uh, the cats really like. Yes. Yeah, he starts rubbing up against their ankles. Oh, yes. I mean, he, he does hug their lower legs. He he does just run up to them, and he looks so 
Okay, he is, he's like a big, beefy caveman guy, but also it's rescue bots, so he's adorable. Yes. Yeah, he's he's very young Brendan Fraser looking with he, more muscles. He is extremely Encino Man. Yeah, yes. definite Encino Man vibes. But yep, he's just very, like, he recognizes mm. these robots and he's very happy to see them. He just goes up and hugs their ankles, except Heatwave is not a hugger. No. He he is willing to respect and that. And Blades is a tad reluctant because because this guy is from the, the, the pre deodorant era. Yes. Well he was he was preserved in his own musk for centuries. Oh, yeah, oh, that, that's a good thing. They don't specify how long he was fucking in there. This I guy must that. smell like a hot slice of ass. <laughs> My god. A wet hot slice of ass. Yes. So yeah, so he's uh you know he he likes robots. He also likes eating watermelon rind and all. <laughs> but he stuffs so many things into his mouth he in this episode. He would not even know what a watermelon is, so... It's like, no. not from... I mean, he does, as we will find out, know what lobster is, which is fair, because he is from Maine. Yeah. Uh, oh, those oh, those Maine cavemen. Ook, ook, ak, ak. <laughs> Gotta go kill some mouse, yeah? Yeah. Anyway. We'll just ignore whenever um, people actually showed up in Maine in historical records and how that probably wasn't that long ago. I mean... Well, then, well Ice Age. Were they in the early Ice Age? I don't, I don't know my Neolithic America. <laughs> there definitely I mean, could have clearly, been like some kind of frozen ice bridge at some point. Yeah, I mean, although some, nobody makes the obvious connection here, which, you know, this caveman recognizes Transformers. We're clearly talking ancient aliens. <laughs> yes. And unfortunately, by doing that Alex Jones impressions, I, I too now owe one billion dollars to the to uh, Sandy to uh, the government. Yeah, no, yes. No, 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 you don't. We, we do get to ancient astrobots later. Aliens. Yes. And and also we find out that uh, that Chase has the ability to scan somebody and determine their suit size. <laughs> that as, sounds about uh, right. As it turns out, he's a forty-two regular. Yes. Also a 42 okay, so regular, Cade. Yes. So they, they put him in some, you know, uh, some Cade clothes. He looks basically respectable. Uh, Danny makes a joke about how Cade is clearly part caveman. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, he can't really communicate with him. He His grunts sort of sound like Ira, so they call him Ira. Yeah. Close enough. Which was cute. And I, I am glad he didn't learn any English or already know some. Mm. It would have been annoying. Oh, we didn't I get mean, like, we, we miss out on an Encino Manning, but... Mm. Yes, or, or I, I, in this case, maybe a Captain Caveman-ing. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so they try and figure out where this Energon came from. It's not really working, although he, he is clearly well-versed in shadow puppets. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, he does a very lighting. good shadow puppet. I love every time that he makes animal noises. Like, not as, like, trying to speak, but just, like, imitating animal sounds. He he makes a, a very nice shadow bird and then makes some bird noises. Yes. So instead, you know, he, 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 he's somehow, he's somewhat more perplexed by the concept of a banjo. <laughs> 
Wait, you know, I don't know when musical instruments with gut strings were first yeah, were invented, but... I was going to say... Maybe so, should have given him a drum. Banging on yeah. rocks with sticks was probably well established by his time. Or, of course, you know, a... Uh, you know, all sorts of uh, very small dinosaurs where you pull the tail and uh, produce music. Because, you know, like, it's a living. <laughs> he's not really one of those cavemen. No. He's not no. a Flintstone. He doesn't have a job this at the This is slightly more paleontology, paleontologically accurate than that. Yes. Slightly. Anyway, yeah. so, but Blades, you know, Blades, that great lover of television, decides that maybe he would be interested in television. Uh, up to the point when, uh, and and here we find out that once again, it is Crawfish Week. Yes! I oh. I, I enjoyed oh. that, that we get to hear about now, Crawfish Now, the question week. is, is this, does that mean that a year has passed since the events of Bots and Robbers in Season 2, or... Does uh, Griffin Rock prepare extensively for every Crawfish Week, or are there multiple Crawfish Weeks a year? These are all very Uh-oh. important notes. I would think there's only one Crawfish a year, maybe. But, uh. I mean, I, I assume that they have just weeks devoted to other... I mean, we know that they have a lobster festival. Yes. We haven't gotten a Crab Week yet. However, no, I mean, pro- to, uh, to cross-promote our Patreon, he does not... Uh, he is not as excited about television as the uh, the witch in Hocus Pocus. No, uh, he he is not nearly as excited about it as Kathy and Jimmy is watching <laughs> pet food commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you you of course remember the last Crawfish Week, which involved Huxley Prescott wearing a crawfish themed hat and commenting on a crawfish race. Yes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, I, I just, you I know, it's such that. a big event. Just the weeks building up to Crawfish Week. It's enormous. I I would go to it. I would definitely go to it. I mean, I'm up for any and all uh, Griffin Rock holidays. You know, Crawfish Week, uh, Midwinter Eve. Mm-hmm. All the warm get, bread. Get some hot bread on your doorstep. I, I checked, and the TF Wiki page for this episode does mention uh, in the continuity notes that Huxley Prescott's TV report is on Crawfish Week. <laughs> I want to have Crawfish Week. I don't think I've ever had crawfish. Oh, and of course, there was also a dolphin festival. Yes! Mm. Man, I Oh, yeah, when they almost killed the dolphins. Oh, yeah, I, I was mistaken. It was not... It's the Lobster and Technology Festival. <laughs> oh, right. Thus, the accidental flopsters. Man, I want to live in a town that has stuff like this. <laughs> I got an apple fest and a pumpkin fest. That's about it. Uh, we just had crow fest here. I want crow fest so bad. I want crow fest in my life. Do you want all of our crows, though? We have so many crows. You know what? I would be down for it. I personally, not speaking for everyone in the town, but I personally would be all about the entire town just being harassed by crows. Look, I'm I'm a renter. I don't own property here. I guess it might be kind of annoying to have all that poop on my car, but I I don't have to worry about any property damage they would cause otherwise. So bring it on. The the, the trick is to have a garage or at least one of those like what are they, what do they call them garage ets the the where it's sort of the roof carport yes. Garage I mean, I have a, a car like covered. I could probably just cover yeah. it. Mm. Anyway, so he sees a 
a TV show that was a meteor falling to Earth. Maybe, I guess, Armageddon was on TV. <laughs> and he goes berserk. It's and not just good. Flees, He's flees into the town. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Dean Stefan has decided to reference a movie older than possibly anybody watching this show. <laughs> uh, because he is showing a, a wealthy dowager, uh, Mrs. Oh, Dumont, but... around town. Yes. Yeah, that name was familiar. Why? Uh, because this character was basically played by Margaret Dumont in all the Marx Brothers movies. Ah, where she's like this yes. old clueless dowager who just does not get those wacky Marx brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, as this episode goes on, it becomes a farce. Yes. Does and, his uh, wife know about this rich lady? <laughs> well, possibly because she is voiced by Jeff Bennett. <laughs> I yeah, I I figured it was a guy. Yeah, she she's a wealthy investor, the kind who only exists in a the nineteen thirties or b fiction. Yes, yes. And uh, you know she's he's showing her around town so that she will invest in the city? Question mark. <laughs> well, she could be in a Jeeves and Wooster story. Yes, that's fiction. But. Nowadays, you just have people with that kind of money investing in like something that is clearly just public transit, except it's tech bros, and in some way, it's going to be used to sell you ads. And they probably don't even oh. have these little hats. <laughs> oh, wow, we're going to have characters of tech bros in decades I mean, we've, doing this we've already got Mark oh. Beeks from DuckTales. Oh, yeah. Who apparently, according to someone on the writing staff on Twitter, I think, they they all had just agreed that his name was obviously going to be Mark Duckerberg, and then Legal was <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Legal was like, No. <laughs> Zuckerberg. Uh, so, yes. So yeah, their, their car is attacked by this caveman, and then also surrounded by flames. <laughs> yeah. So Brendan Fraser almost kills the mayor. Yes. And uh, but you know the chief shows up. You know the the day is saved by heat wave. Anyway, it must have been a bear or a moose. <laughs> you know, I feel so, well, like with all the weird goings mm. on in this town. I really don't see why they needed to try to cover up this caveman, except that yeah, he, they want this story to be a farce. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think specifically the mayor would then, you know, order that it now be Caveman Week in Griffin Rock. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the mayor does make it more complicated. Oh, I want to have Caveman Week. Although, it just makes well, they don't have moose. Then I thought, oh yeah, it's an island, so moose probably wouldn't get on the island. Uh, moose can I mean, swim. They can swim. I don't think they but can swim like, quite that far. Yes. But, he uh, does well, mention and, uh, that he's never seen a moose downtown, and Cade says that's how you know that they're doing their job. That's right. Which that does imply there's moose on the island, but I don't think we've had moose in other episodes. We have bears. No, a few times. It's it's like that old gag about uh, you know. You know, I've got my, uh, you know, got my uh, lion repellent on. Oh, I don't see any lions around here. Well, it's working. It's working. See, <laughs> yeah. much like you would have shark repellent. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Bat shark so, repellent. So yeah, they got to keep Mrs. Dumont happy. Meanwhile, and of course, she's given a bunch of money to the museum, and it's that museum that Ira has gone to because there is a big picture of a mammoth outside. Because there's a big, you know, the Dawn of Man exhibit in there. Oh, yeah, the, after he does his The Tick impression. Yes. Running across rooftops. Yes. 
So, you know, he's just going to this caveman exhibit and looking at it very sadly. Oh, it's so... It, it's genuinely very sad. Just wistfully. And, and, you know, They're bol- breezing through all the caveman cliches in this episode. Yes. And, of course, you know, Boulder goes to empathize with... You know, it's here that we start to pick up that Boulder is sort of feeling the same way about Cybertron that Ira mm-hmm. is about uh, the Paleolithic. You know, we don't get nearly enough episodes about... We don't get nearly enough episodes about Boulder. I'm glad that we're getting a Boulder episode. It's kind of a Boulder episode. He's Mm. probably got more of, like... He gets more characterization there than usual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think Blades might get the most, but usually is a punchline. Yes. Well, that's because Blades is funny. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so they, uh, you know, they, they they bring him back to Doc Green. It turns out his vitals are sort of elevated because, again, this modern world confuses and frightens him. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yes. fair. I think many of us feel that way, honestly. He's very and meanwhile, he, meanwhile, Heatwave and Blaze decide to leave the episode for a little bit because they're going to look for that energy on their own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're all at this lab, and then, hey, in come Mayor Lusky and Mrs. Dumont. Uh, where into the lab unannounced? Yes, as the mayor would, of course, do. And, and so, so they have to hide a caveman in a closet, which he promptly bursts out of. And they have to explain that he is uh, a visiting scientist from Fredonia. Well, he's conveniently put on a lab coat. Yes, he digs around in the pocket. Very fascinated with the pocket. Yes, he finds a pencil, eats it. Caveman lawyer has already been taken. Caveman scientist, that's new. <laughs> Dr. Caveman, PhD. Yes. Although, is he a teenage caveman or an adult caveman? I mean, he uh, seems he, like an adult. Like a yeah, young adult like caveman. Adult. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of facial hair. This is true. It's I'm, stubble. I'm not sure if shaving had uh, come into existence at the time. Yeah. Or he could just be one of those guys who can't grow a good beard. Maybe. Well, I can understand that. So, so yeah, uh, Fredonia is also a Marx Brothers reference. That's from the the movie Duck Soup. Ah, yes. Weirdly, it's Cody who uh, pick who comes up with this, which means that I guess he's just watching old movies on TV. I could, well could maybe. be, or he's just stuck watching old movies with the bots who enjoy old movies. So see, so of course, you know, he he. Takes out a pencil, eats it, and says, "Oh, it's it's the the edible pencil?" Question mark. <laughs> Which I feel like is a gag from something. Uh, and of course, she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm most impressed with you, Doctor Ira. You must you must simply have him at the fundraising dinner tonight." Yes, because this is a farce. Yes. He looks like someone who needs to be at a formal event. Mm. Oh yes. So yeah, we uh, we cut back to uh, to Wayward Island. They have uh, they have found cave paintings that depict what are obviously Autobots. Yes, Here again, ancient aliens. Big blocky. I mean, kind of saw this mm. coming when Ira was like very excited to see the rescue bots. Mm-hmm. So here it is. And meanwhile, meanwhile they've dressed Ira up uh, and Styles. He, he 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 looks like a rockabilly. He does. Yes. He does. Well, especially with, especially since his energon pendant kind of makes it look like he's wearing a bolo tie. 
Cade's only good suit. Yes. And now it's going to smell like caveman forever. Yes. Which is Oh yeah, there should have been a scene of them hosing him off. Just bright blue. That. His only good suit is bright blue. So I hope he doesn't need to go to a funeral anytime soon. It's possible he inherited from his dad who uh from when he went to the prom in 1972. That's yeah, entirely it's, it's, possible. It's kind of prom looking. So, and this is sort of where they figure out that the Autobots apparently saved uh, Ira's tribe from some meteors, which means the the Autobots may have an Optimus Prime, but they don't have a Prime Directive. (laughs) I mean, well, yeah, no, fair. Until IDW, they didn't seem to give a shit other than, we don't want them to find out we're aliens. Other than that, who gives a fuck? Also, at some so, point here, mm, there's uh, Doc Green makes a comment about uh, the the uh, Dowager and uh, appreciating her huge endowments, which is probably the only time that's ever been said that's not a double entendre about giant tits. <laughs> yep. Uh. So, yeah, they... Uh Anyway, they go to this dinner. They are they are each served an individual lobster, or possibly a big crayfish. <laughs> yeah, it is crayfish week, and they're they're sort of trying to gesture to Ira to get him to figure out how to eat things with like forks. Yeah, with a fork on a lobster, my dude. Aren't I there mean, like no. lobster forks or something? Smaller I mean, and pointier, wait, yes. and you got to sort of use a special thing to crack the shell. Yes, normally there's a cracker. Well, normally, like, the tail is split, and you got to work through that. Oh, they really should have just... But he just eats the whole thing, and, oh... Shell and all. I I have seen soft-shelled crabs, boiled soft-shelled crabs or something. People eat crabs. I don't understand. How do you eat the shell? Ugh, no. It's your caveman. You've got a caveman constitution. That's right. I mean, biting through the shell, and maybe some of it gets in there while you're ripping the meat out. Sure, but the whole claw, no. (laughs) How how did he get it in there? Did he unhinge his jaw? These are ways that have been lost to us with time. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps Uh. one day, if we, like, I don't know, follow a paleo diet, then we can once again come in touch with our inner ability to eat an entire mm. lobster <laughs> in one gulp. Return to crab swallowing. <laughs> and it's, oh, it's so hot. Like, this is steaming. This, this He's just filling his gullet with scalding hot meat. <laughs> Isn't that the best kind of crab and, like, lobster meat? I, I love it when it's warm. I mean, warm is one thing, but uh, his, his esophagus is covered with uh, second-degree burns. I guess. Well, yeah, that's why you don't eat the shell. You just eat the insides. Yes. Anyway. Also, he's sticking it down the wrong way. Like, the, the, there, are, there are spikes on those claws pointing that direction. You're supposed to go tail first. Also, I just really appreciate his utter disregard for the forks. Not just, like, choosing not to use it, but actively, like... Throwing it expressing away. Expressing disdain and throwing it away. And now it's a Fredonian tradition. Yeah. So, you know, this has surprisingly gone off well. The uh, the Dowager is charmed with him, and so they take him outside for a surprise. Oh, it's fireworks. Oh, 
Someone, someone put that caveman in a thunder vest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do the fireworks. Uh, it's bad. I know you're giving him flashbacks. <laughs> so he, 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 he runs off. He pulls a King Kong on the radio tower, which I think is him trying to sort of shoo the meteors away. Yes. Which seems very weird. He well, is, this whole situation is weird. He's, he's an unfrozen I, I, caveman. Yes, but like him turning into King Kong trying to swat at planes at the end is a little much. <laughs> yeah, he's just trying to chew them away. Yeah. Anyway, so they decide, you know, he's, you know, this this world is not for him. We've just got to take him back to the island so he can live alone. But yeah, I wasn't sure what they were doing to him at, at first. It's like, oh, th- this world is too dangerous and scary for him. It's like, are you guys going to stick it back in the ice? What's going on? You don't have a time machine. Okay, you do have a time machine, but you're not going to use the time machine for this episode. He's just going to live amongst nature as a wild man. Oh, yeah, they, they throw nice. him back on the island, which, yeah, it seems nice. I want to go live on the island. And he seems like he's going to be lonely at first, but then they they see him imitating the other animals. He's watching a bunch of birds, and he's going, peep, peep, peep. <laughs> There's squirrels. So, yeah. Even though he doesn't have his people, he he is mm. going to go be one with nature. Again, relatable. Of course, this does leave some unanswered questions. So, since he clearly knew some Transformers, but yes. not but none of the bots remember him. No. What does that mean? And also, where'd that energon come from? But, you someone know, those ice caves, they're melting. Someone makes a comment about them being like, I think Danny is like, well, you guys have been around for a really long time. I'm thinking four million years. Yeah, I, I expected one of them to say, well, our civilization has been around for millions of years, but no. Like, I think they should call up Optimus and ask him, have you been on Earth before cheating with other humans? Oh, man, I bet it was Optimus and Ratchet. Probably. Just like. Or, or Bumblebee. Or was it? Because, you know, we, we, we get a surprisingly sort of almost eerie ending for this episode where we, we pan into this, uh, this melting ice cave and we see that a, a Cybertronian ship, much like the one the rescue bots have, is being thawed out of this ice. But who's in it? Well, it's very vague. It could be a different kind of alien species. It could be like cricket men from Mars who will drive man insane. But it's a Cybertronian or ship. It's like their exact ship, though. It is a Cybertronian ship. It's the it's the Rescue Bot's exact ship. Is it? Yes. It's like if they had a. It's like if it was a Toyota Corolla. It would be a Toyota Corolla in a different color. The exact <laughs> same ship. I get well. Yeah, it is, is lime green, and we only see the nose of it. Yes. Uh, in fact, this is going to be followed up in a few episodes. <gasps> oh Yay. boy! Unfrozen caveman Autobots. <laughs> they're just Autobots, but they're only like oh, 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 oh. They they have giant brow ridges. Yes. And then instead of car modes, they turn to like the Flintstones car. Yes. <laughs> All of this. Or it's a rock lord. <laughs> or, or, or they just turn into, like, skeletons, like Bone Age. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Bone yeah. Age. Bone Age. A rescue bot fossilizer would be fun. Yeah, yeah, that could be fun. so cute. Rescue bones. <laughs> 
Anyway, so uh, so yeah, that is the episode. This is a fun one. I mean, it, it is very much a farce. Yes, and uh, it, it, it's the cave for unfrozen caveman gags in this show. It, it for little children. It, it's like adorable. I said, he's Sadly, nobody wheezes the juice, but. <laughs> He's, no, there's no reason to juice. He's really adorable, and <laughs> we get to see lots of Boulder actually like doing things and having a personality, and it's good because yes. he's adorable and he's homesick. Mm. And they're like Boulder, you seem like you also are homesick. It's charming. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, this week on one, two, three, four, five, five man. So many man. Challenge the Galactic Tiger. Oh, okay. Well, the, the 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 bad guys are hanging out discussing shit. It's like, why are these five men fighting us? Although two of them are women, but like words are different. Like. They're called Kyodai in, in Japanese as siblings, hmm. but I was trying to look that up to make sure that actually does mean siblings. And as far as I can tell, it just means male siblings. So like brothers. Because, but. yes, just brothers, but I'm, I'm not entirely positive that's the correct thing, but translation is a many-layered thing that I barely understand the minimum of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, bad guys are talking... The mushroom monster guy has a Godzilla tail. Ooh. Okay, like like he's a I love mushrooms. Like half Bowser or something. He's, he's weird. It's more bizarre. He's their accountant. They're complaining anyway, and he's being choked by Galactic Warrior Tora Ryugin. Like in a sexy way. No. Well, oh, okay. maybe he might be into. He would be more into it, maybe, if the tiger monster of the week wasn't invisible when it was doing it to uh. him. Or wait, no, actually, it's the monster's inside him. Like, like it, it turns into a glowy thing and goes inside. So his it mouth. is a sexy thing, choking him from the. I guess. <laughs> anyway, monster of the week. He comes out. He he jumps bodies. It turns out he's an old friend of Billion, my favorite character in the show, because his name is Billion. <laughs> That's too many. He should be, like, thousand at most. He's like a yellow tiger lizard with blue stripes. He's just a really big fan of the Paul G. Maddie show Billions. That's why he calls himself that. I see. I see. <laughs> yes. Anyway, the tiger guy comes up with a plan with Billions instantly. He's like, okay, we want to get the sh- kick the shit out of these rangers. But their teachers, they love children, jump into a child and kick the shit out of one of the rangers. And they proceed to do that because the Red Ranger is playing with a one child in the rubble of their school that was destroyed in the first episode. No. Which is odd. I mean, they have this perfectly good destroyed school set. Yeah, I mean, they, they do still have the set. Like, part of the, the supports that still remain look like a cross in the background. <laughs> of course. As an Ultraman reference. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the, the the monster jumps into the kid. He gets blue stripes, but then they disappear. And, and then there's pretty much a really cool fight of this child kicking the Red Ranger's ass. Oh, no. Like across town and all the way across town into the local quarry. <laughs> That's kind of fun because the Red isn't fighting back. But they're doing their best to make this little child look like he's beating the shit out of the Red Ranger. Gotta go to the quarry. Speaking of set. <clears throat> And the, the, uh, there's, the background music is really good. There's like some, some synth tracks and things that are fun because it's the 80s. 
and uh, then we get more more uh, closed captioning things of billions shouts and billions laughs. Uh, the other rangers show up before the small child can murder. Or no, the, the small child is kicking the ass of the Red Ranger. But then, what the fuck is it? There's a thing where like the Red Ranger jumps at the kid, and they both fall off a cliff. But then the monster jumps out of the boy because he doesn't want to fall down. But the Red Ranger lands safely with the the, the prop dummy child, <laughs> and Billions shows up to try and stab the Red Ranger. But then the other Rangers show up and got a whole fight thing, and. It turns out that the Billion is willing to kill his old tiger bro just to murder the Red Ranger because the the tiger jumps into the Red Ranger so it's like he can restrain him while Billions attacks him. But it's like, no, 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 I'm not going to wait till you get out. I'm going to try to murder both of you. <laughs> so that they're double-crossing each other. And, and somehow, like, Billion admits this. It's like, yes, I'm willing to kill you to kill the rangers who I only met two episodes ago and are already such an annoyance that I'll do anything to kill them. Just to murder one of them. Including killing one of my oldest friends from outer space. Sure. I mean, anyway, they're the, apparently the, that hateable. Yes. And, and then the tiger's like, no, fuck it, I'm going to jump into you, especially since you've rose in the ranks of the bad guys. You're like the number three in charge, and I could be inside you controlling you. That's a cushy gig. <laughs> so while Billions is riding away on a motorcycle, the tiger jumps on and then jumps into him. And then we have the Rangers versus Tiger in Billions on a bike with a sword fight. It's There's great fighting in this episode. <laughs> Anyway, eventually he gets off the bike, and, and then the, mon the tiger monster gets out, and then the tiger monster's all lone wolf. I'm out for myself. I'm a lone wolf tiger. Sure. But the rangers kick his butt. And then we have another giant Stay Puff Marshmallow Mecca <laughs> show up to create a giant version of the tiger monster of the week. And then the five trailer shows up, which confused the shit out of me. Well, kind of. I mean... In very old Sentai shows, there was often the, the rangers would have a base, and then there would be a transport vehicle, usually like a flying thing, to transport their robot there, or the components of their robot. So you'd have a, this Matryoshka doll of delivering the giant robot of, to fight the monster of the week. <laughs> but it turns out that the five trailer is just their their van, their truck, and their plane have somehow folded together to make a tractor trailer. And that's called Five Trailer, and that just, it separates and then becomes the giant robot. So many trailers. And then <laughs> dramatic, dramatic music was playing so much so that there was a caption, dramatic music as the trailer comes I out. love those. I love it when it's something like uh, ominous music intensifies. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's such a silly little thing, but I am immensely amused by the closed captioning. <laughs> Especially, for, well, because they keep giving me billions chuckles. Oh, I'm probably going to be talking about this for weeks until we're like halfway into the season. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, they combine the robot, they fight, they kill the giant monster. It's very standard, although we're only in episode three, but it's Sentai, it's going to happen. 
And they save the little boy at the end, and then the rangers are all happy, and, and the Red Ranger is playing with the little mischievous, kind of annoying, kind of an asshole, because he had a flashback to this kid being a dick in class. <laughs> but it's like, that's what makes him so lovable, and the Red Ranger's out playing, and the other rangers are like, the Red Ranger is just this puppy chasing the boy around. <laughs> He's lovable and stupid. <laughs> and that's the episode. All right, so that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Transformers Rescue Bots. Until then, you can find us all over the Internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can listen in on our monthly special episodes that we do. Uh, for October, uh, we have decided to get extra spooky and watch Hocus Pocus uh, which was fun we are putting a spell on you (laughs) we are appreciating a a young but still heavily prosthetic Doug Jones yes so uh, I don't think we've discussed too much about what we're doing for November yet I'm sure it'll be something exciting Oh, I'm sure. Sure, I can then, stop hmm. playing my my hmm. new analog pocket that will be showing up any time now to uh, to do an episode. <laughs> but uh, we'll think of something fun. Yes. Hmm. If you, of course, if you have suggestions, patrons, please or patrons, please <laughs> write into us. Let us know. Yes, uh, we are on Twitter at at IaconUG. Uh, and yeah, we are definitely up for suggestions. Uh, I'm sure something is something exciting is going to occur to us. Uh, I know Wakanda Forever is coming out soon, but we usually don't do those movies until they're out on streaming, just so people, you know, we don't want to encourage people to go to the theater if they're not comfortable. Uh, but yes, yeah, is you is this going to be the month we finally do Dune? Probably not. Ooh. Hmm. Eh, no. <laughs> <Spreader of laughs> eyebrows forever. <laughs> there was one line in the book that said that a character who was a mentat had bushy eyebrows in a way that implied that it was within the realm of normal eyebrows. And they decided everyone of that profession had just ridiculously bushy eyebrows and... All I right, kind of like that as a shorthand. We've got to glue some ferrets to Brad's forehead. Let's go. <laughs> that that is uh, that is what you hire. That is the kind of visionary thinking that you hire David Lynch for. Wait, is isn't like the entire thing with Jadoon like they did eugenics to make human calculator people? Yes, yes, because they don't have computers or robots due to the Butlerian jihad. Which is a crazy thing, but anyway, but but it, it makes sense. Oh, an accidental side effect of making these smart math people is side eyebrows. There okay. was a uh, a great thing on the Dune subreddit recently that they have decided that they will not allow posting of AI art uh, because that is in opposition. Butler and Jihad. That's right. If the only way that you're going to post art there is if you take the spice melange. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, we will come up with something very fun and cool that will appeal to us in the ne- in the near future. But in the meantime, Hocus Pocus, it was a lot of fun, very campy, 
uh, a little too much talking about teenage virginity for anybody's yes. comfort. Yeah. The, the, the movie, not us. Yes. Yes. All right, and so that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with a uh, with a very special Halloween creature feature. Ooh, not really spooky, but definitely creatures. So it's, it's a monster movie. Yes. So uh, so yeah, so yeah. Join us next week when we go when we all go out to the lobby for the attack of Humongado. <laughs> Until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen, and if you can hear purring, that's coming from these kittens. See you next week, boils and ghouls! <laughs> ah. Ooh,